real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you. 1700, the champ, Jimmy B and TC. A great show lined up for you today. Andrew Garda is going to join us coming up in a little while just to talk NFL and, of course, all of the NFL trades. And there have been a few. This is going to be interesting. And there might even be a couple more before the deadline. So we will get all of the NFL conversation with Andrew Garda. But, Trent, all I keep hearing, Iowa State's Matt Campbell. Iowa State's Matt Campbell. That's it. Mm -hmm. where are you on this? Look, the, the Cleveland Browns, and you listened to the national pundits, and I was looking at guys out of Cleveland today, including our own Ken Silverstein there, and he's saying that Matt Campbell's name is right at the top of the list. It, it's crazy. It, it really is in a way, and the other side of it, it isn't. And you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Jim, and how he would translate to the NFL. I think it's incredibly good. He's... He has mottos, but he's not rah-rah. He's not P.J. Fleck. He's not over the top as it pertains to those kind of things. I think it would play at the next level. And to do it at a place like Iowa State, the level of success that he's had, I think plays very well. He has an offensive background. The offensive line has some question marks there. Obviously, a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield. There's a lot. There's a lot to like. But this goes back to conversations we were having in the summer what it looked like Urban Meyer might be on his way out at Ohio State. He is incredibly well-connected and a guy that a lot of people think a lot about in Ohio. I don't think here we quite realize that close nature of that community, the football community in Ohio, and being a part of that, how important that it is. For Matt Campbell to be a part of that, I brought up we brought up his name with Ken Silverstein. Back in the summer, right away, talked about him. Bill Bender with the Sporting News, an Ohio guy, guy that's lived there yep. basically his whole life. Same thing. Talked about it, talked about that connection. And in football circles, and that's what's important, and that's what we're talking about here. And now with Dorsey taking over as the GM, these people know Ohio football. They know all the same people. It's not a huge community. Matt Campbell is incredibly well-respected. We shouldn't be confused. We shouldn't be scratching our head why this happens. It's that Ohio circle, and he's a big part of it. He is, and by the way, Cyclone fans, trust me, they're not going to offer him the job tomorrow, okay? You don't have to be wringing your hands or anything. The season will continue to play on. I just find it interesting that it's one of those, one of those things, and you, and you hit the nail on the head where you talked about that Ohio circle of uh, football coaches. I look. I any anybody want anybody who is a coach on the way up and gets an NFL offer to be a head coach most likely is going to take it unless they are at a premier coaching college school right now. And Matt Campbell has indicated many times in the past, Trent, he's going to be there a while. Mm-hmm. He wants to build it. He wants to make it happen. He wants Iowa State to be. You know, a, a, a top ten team. Every coach and says that, Jim. Every every coach yeah, says that. I know. I, I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware of that. But for some reason, I think in order for him to bolt, I think the offer would have to be absolutely out of this world. And I'm not sure that 
Jimmy Haslam, who owns the Browns, is going to make an out-of-this-world offer. I do know this, that Matt Campbell loves Baker Mayfield because he saw him a couple of times at Oklahoma, beat him, beat him once. So this is, you know, this might, this might be, this might really be a hang, a, a real hand ringer for Matt Campbell if indeed anything ever becomes serious. There's no doubt, and opportunities they do come along. And if you're a coach and you continue to have success, there will be other opportunities here. Is this the ultimate for him? Does the NFL even make sense for him? Or is he strictly a college coach? That's another conversation that has to be had. Uh, certainly a lot of layers to the story, Jimmy B, and we'll continue peeling back that um, onion here in the coming days. All right, Jim, a couple more things. Last night, Monday Night Football, and you have gone absolutely crazy. Why you got to be talking about dildos all the time on, on Twitter? You're making me uncomfortable over there, old man. I'm sorry about that, but I was so ashamed of my former city for doing that, particularly when they were doing a Thurman Thomas tribute. The Bills' great running back, they retired his number. They're going to put it on the circle around the stadium for their wall of fame. And these fools are throwing those things out onto the field. First off, Trent, you don't throw things out on the field. You just don't. I mean, what if what if my mom used to tell me, hey, you can put somebody's eye out with that. So what if it hit a player without his helmet on in the eye? I'm just saying, look, I I know people maybe found it funny. It was funny. I I laughed. But I know you did, but it wasn't funny. You can't be doing that at an NFL game. And once again, Buffalo will get laughed at as the the city by the lake – and generally, Cleveland was used to be referred to as the mistake by the lake, but Buffalo was in that same connotation, the old rust bucket area. And I and, and I, I worked there a long time, loved living there, loved the fans there, and that just turned me off. It, it really did. And so I, 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 I was upset about it last night, and I, I, I just couldn't let it go. I just I had, I had to say something. I, I could tell you were, you were fired up last night. A lot of it, and it's continued today. I mean, you're still tweeting about it, Jimmy. Be jeez. I mean, come on. Enough. Enough. Dis- disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I, I think you just like typing out the word. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think I know it. That's what it is, isn't it, Jimmy B? You got to stop. You? I mean, you're calling it the dildo city? I, Nobody's going to call I, it that. I, I'm, I'm taking a break from it. You've convinced me. I've, I've, I've said I've said my piece. I've I've sent out on Twitter my announcements. Uh-huh. You know how I feel about it. Right. Okay. I'm done. I'm done with it. Good. Good. Thank goodness for that. Well, you're not done, Jimmy B, because we got a lot more to get into here before we welcome in Andrew Garda. Let's go next here. Okay. Time now for Jimmy B's crappy NBA minute. Your person was unsailed in Chicago, Chicago Stadium. Ricky Mahorn hustling underneath, can't get it to fall. Jordan to the hoop, hang in the air, score! All right, everybody, if you were under a rock and you didn't see what Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors did last night, setting a brand new NBA record with a spectacular performance of three-point shooting. He breaks his own compadre, Seth Curry's record, by draining shot after shot after shot, and he did it 
against the Chicago Bulls. That's right, a new record making 14 three-pointers. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Well, you get the idea. 14 three-pointers and scoring over 50 points against Chicago last night. Jimmy B, I, in fact, I only give you a minute, but I want to talk more about this. There's actually, Jim, I'm getting into this stupid sport. I, I really am. <laughs> a, a sport where there is no drama. You know what's going to happen at the end of all of this. You know who's going to be cutting down the nets, holding the ugly, hideous Larry O'Brien trophy. We know how this is going to turn out, but I'm into it. Uh, the storylines are compelling. The fight's going on. Lakers, T-Wolves last night. Yep. Ad- admittedly, I watched more of that than the Monday night game. I watched more <laughs> NBA last night than the yep. NFL. There's a huge upset for you, Jimmy B. I'm into it. We might have to turn this into a five-minute segment. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All I can tell you is, is the T-Wolves-Laker game was very compelling. It was. And, one, and once again, the T-Wolves can't win without Jimmy Butler. What he said is correct. They cannot really win big without him. And he scored over 30 last night, including a game, not a game-winning shot at the buzzer, but a big shot that mm-hmm. enabled the Minnesota to hang on to that lead and win by four. He, he made a big block with a couple minutes late in the game, yes. doing it on the defensive end. And, and when him and Cat are playing together and playing at a high level, as was the case last night with Carl Anthony Towns, they're really tough to beat. It's a really good basketball team. We saw it last year. It looked like maybe they were going to be developing a bit more of a bench this year. And, of course, we know how this is going to turn out. But who knows? I, I, how about this, Jimmy B? Okay. Is there a realistic path where Jimmy Butler finishes the season in Minnesota? I mean, now they, they've got past what happened in training camp and him coming in yes. and, and taking Crunch the mascot and uh, Patrick Royce of the Star Tribune. I mean, that, that's basically what people are trying to say up there and beat the starters with, with the group of, of also Rands. But is there a way now that, all right, we've won games, we know that, we're not going to get value. And it's not like Jimmy Butler is asking, and I'm only going to play for, I'm only going to play for the Warriors. You know, his list mm-hmm. of teams were not great teams. What was it, the Nets? The Suns, the, the I think the Miami was in there. The, uh, Mi- Miami. Yeah, it, it yep, wasn't yep, a great yep. group of teams. So right. if he, they uh, get the on Clippers a run. Were in there. The L.A. Clippers were in there, too. Right. Nobody good. They get on a yeah. run here and says, you know what? Maybe I will stick around. Maybe I'm not going to, to demand the trade. Here's what I can tell you about Jimmy Butler just talking to former players. That he will show up and play every night. It's in his DNA. He's not one of those guys that is going to be problematic by not hustling or doing what he is paid to do, Trent. Uh, He is a guy that wants to win night in and night out. Now, we know that's impossible in the NBA. You're not going to win every game. Mm -hmm. But he, he shows up, though, with that mentality. Now, can he be surly in the locker room or... Um, with the media, yeah, yeah, he can be. But when it comes to walking onto the court, you put the uniform on and the ball is tipped, you can count on Jimmy Butler playing and playing hard. So, look, I, I don't see anything happening for a while. And maybe Tom Thibodeau can 
you know, be good enough with Butler to quiet everything down. It seems like it's quieted at least a little bit. And when they get to the trading deadline, I'm sure his name is going to come up. Mm-hmm. But if indeed the T-Wolves are right there once again uh, in the playoff hunt, you know they're not going to deal it. They just won't. And uh, last night, Battle of Undefeated, Raptors-Bucks. I watched a lot of that. That was a fun yep. game. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a problem, Jimmy B. I got a problem. <laughs> you, you pulled me into this. Uh, unfortunately, with not a whole lot going on, kind of a crappy night in the NBA overall. Decent. You get Sixers-Raptors over on NBA TV. Eh. I mean, okay. Pistons-Celtics. Eh. Wish we would have had a better night tonight because... Well, it's going to be matching for me this evening, and i got to find a way to make a bet. Ken asked me earlier what I was riding. I don't have anything yet. So I think I'm going to know what I'm going to do, and after the program today, going to be talking, uh, figuring out what I'm going to be fired at here this afternoon. We're due for a break. We're talking NFL next. Golden Tate has been traded. Demarius Thomas has been traded. NFL Trade Talk, Andrew Garda joins us next. What up, Des Moines? It's Bill Ryder. So great to be talking to the hometown once again. Catch Ryder than you every weekday from 6 to 9 p.m. on 1700 The Champ. You're invited to experience great customer service and incredible deals at Billion Buick GMC in Clive. Our reviews say it all. I didn't feel pressured. It was a very smooth process. Our salesman came in on his day off. Now that's going above and beyond. People also appreciate the huge inventory, including the incredible all-new 2019 GMC Sierra. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clive or BillionAuto.com slash GMC. We are professional grade. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts. Instead of relying on pain medication to power through, stay active with help from Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy. They give you a personal touch to work towards your own wellness goals. With athletic recovery programs to outpatient orthopedic therapy, Angela Spencer PT of Champions Recovery Room will get you feeling your best. Champions Recovery Room and Physical Therapy, 3030 100 Street in Urbandale and online at championsrecoveryroom.com. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. 1700 AM KDGG is your home for high school football. Join me, Trey Condon, each Friday night for the Central Iowa Game of the Week. This week, a trip to the Unidome on the line in the playoffs as West Des Moines Valley hosts Dowling Catholic. High school football on 1700 is presented by Absolute Auto Repair, Right Roofing, Heartland Flags, Charter House Real Estate, The Rookie Sports Cards, Sinorama of Urbandale, Mike's Auto Service, Rush Nigget of Brick Gentry Law PC, Complete Auto Wraps, Champions Recovery Room, and Advanced Door Systems. 
High School Football on 1700. Walk to prevent suicide. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and participate in an out-of-the-darkness community walk. Register for a walk near you at outofthedarkness.org. Suicide takes an enormous toll on families, friends, co-workers, and entire communities. Walk to raise awareness. Walk to raise funds for research, education, advocacy, and programs to support people impacted by suicide. Walk to save lives. Go to outofthedarkness.org today. A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems, the right door, the right way. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Welcome back. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 The Champ. Time to get into the NFL as the season uh, halfway through and and always sad to say. And the trade deadline upon us. Uh, Marius Thomas, that name's being bandied about. Possible trade to the Texans and a whole lot more out there in terms of rumblings as Andrew Garda joins us today. Andrew, busy day for you. What are you hearing out there? Well, I mean... Uh, the fire stale continues uh, in New York with the Giants, um, but it's a little complicated today because backup quarterback Kyle Loletta got arrested for some sort of traffic offense on the way in to the uh, to the grounds today. So I think they're a little preoccupied, but they're really looking to move pretty much anybody they can. Of course, they can't move Odell Beckham Jr. because of his contract. Uh, they really couldn't do it for like another year or two. And they're not getting rid of Taquan Barkley, um, but... You know, in terms of defensive players, every everybody must go. Olivier Vernon, he's on the block. Landon Collins, he's on the block. Janoris Jenkins, he's on the block. And a lot of teams have been calling and seeing what the Giants want for these guys. So I would not be shocked if one or more than one got moved by the end of the day. Um, I'm also hearing that there are still a couple of people who feel like uh, the Raiders are still open for business. I know that John Gruden has said Derek Carr is not going anywhere, but he's pretty much been getting rid of a lot of the previous regime's uh, players, and I've heard nothing but he's unhappy with Derek Carr. And, you know, as I've said before, you know, John Gruden is this QB whisperer, allegedly, but at the end of the day, here's a guy who's never been able to connect with a young quarterback, and yeah. I think we could be seeing that once again right here. So. I mean that's just two, you know, the two most obvious teams, and that, and if and things go at all, I think those are the two teams that you'll see do the most one way or the other. Uh, you know, they've certainly been active up until now. 
Andrew, got a, another question I want to throw your way, and I don't know if you know the answer here, but I, I've heard people talking about, you know, in the NBA, we always hear it's conditional. It is top lottery protected, top three protected, whatever it is. Can the NFL, can you do that in a trade? This goes back to Amari Cooper and when he was traded. You know, if you're the Cowboys and this works, great. You become a playoff team, all well and good, and he puts together a great season. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, you did what you wanted to. But the other side of it, if he continues to be a disappointment, you end up at 6-10 and and now you're giving up the number 7 pick in the draft. Can you do that like you can in the NBA, put it, Top ten protected, top five protected, whatever it is, or is that something different with the collective bargaining agreement? You know, as far as I can tell, it's something different with the collective bargaining agreement, and you know, and, and I just wa- I wonder if that would it, it, the the NFL already doesn't like trading this year, notwithstanding where it seems like for some reason Pandora's box is open and everybody's willing to trade this year, um, <laughs> but normally they're all reticent to to give up picks to to give up anything. And I think if you were to tie, you know, where a first-round pick landed based, you know, on on what you're going to get and whether you're going to get it or not, I I think it would probably be a lot harder to get uh, deals done than it already is. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's something that may be worth taking a look at, but I you know I don't know who's going to push for it. You know, the the players don't care because. I'm not saying they don't care about incoming rookies, but generally speaking, the, the Players Association is worried about their current players and less worried about guys who might come in in a year or so. And, you know, that could factor into it. And at the same point, you know, I, I think I think teams would be interested in, hey, I could protect the top five pick if I suck that badly. By the same token, then, you know, if, if that's part of the appeal. You know, if you're trading... A, an Amari Cooper, part of the appeal is the opportunity for a possible top 10 pick because you honestly believe that the team you're trading him to, you know, is not that good. And I think, you know, I, I think it might hamper it. I mean, there could be something they'll figure out at some point, but I'm just not sure it translates to the NFL right now. Andrew, uh, take me to the uh, Houston Texans then, where they have apparently now finalized or getting close to finalizing a deal with Denver Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas. It looks like a fourth-round pick, and there might be some other compensation. Look, Houston uh, started slow, and now all of a sudden have really caught fire with quarterback Deshaun Watson. And Hopkins, the terrific wide receiver, does need some help there because they lost Fuller when he tore his ACL. So Demarius Thomas should fit in there really well, correct? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it kind of depends on where you are on the what does Demarius Thomas have left in the tank discussion. And, you know, and... and I don't. People I've talked to around the Broncos feel like he still could be good, but at this point, it's just not a great fit there in Denver for him anymore. And I think the fact that he he could be or appears to be going to a team that is you know looking for a number two wide receiver probably really tells you what the rest of the league and and even the Broncos feel about him. But I feel like Thomas has enough upside still to where he could fill in Fuller's role really ably. Uh, I don't know that he's going to put up the consistently good numbers that Fuller had, but, I mean, Thomas, he, he kind of fell off a cliff production-wise, and to me that feels more like a scheme quarterback issue than it does a Demarius Thomas issue. And you get him a good quarterback, you know, as they have in Houston, 
You get him some help on the outside, as they have with DeAndre Hopkins. And I think you're looking at a situation where Thomas could really have kind of a renaissance. This is a, it, this is a great move for the Houston Texans, in my mind. And looking at that AFC South, nobody's running away with it right now. And Houston has an opportunity to be very aggressive, get themselves into the playoffs, and then if they get hot, make a real run. Five in a row, and uh, sometimes you watch that team and you wonder how they're doing it, but yet here they are as we get ready for the back half of the year. Talking right now with our man Andrew Garda from Pro Football Weekly, a look around the league. Want to jump here uh, to the local level with you, starting down in Kansas City. The Chiefs offense continues to just put up impressive numbers. Pat Mahomes, what he is, certainly uh, appears to be the, the front runner for MVP. Your thoughts on the defense, though, as they still have the Rams, another matchup with the Chargers in the back half of this schedule here. Improvements out of this defense? How concerned are you? At least D. Ford looks to be uh, playing at a high level right now. Yeah, I'm actually feeling a lot better than I did a few weeks ago with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the defense is still not perfect, um, but I don't feel like this is a franchise and that this is a team that's willing to just let Patrick Mahomes and the offense kind of carry them along. I feel like with the effectiveness of the offense, the defense is kind of being, I think, inspired sounds like the right word. You know, they're starting to lift their level of play. There's still a lot of work to do, but I do like what I'm seeing from them as they improve. And, you know, I guess you could make the argument that they gave up 23 points to a Denver Broncos offense, which, as we were just kind of talking about, isn't all that good. But by the same token, I think that they played overall really well. And, you know, and I think in some ways we undercut uh, the Broncos offense just a little bit. And it depends on what Case Keenum does week to week. You know, if he's on fire one week, then all of a sudden the Broncos offense looks good. If he's, you know, the way he was a couple of times, including against the Jets not that long ago then you start scratching your head and wondering where he's going to show up. And that's just Keenum. You know, he, that's why he was a backup before he had a really good season last year for Minnesota. So I don't read too much into them allowing that many points and, and the yards and such that they, they did against Denver, as I think Denver just had a really good game that week. But overall, I like that the defense is starting to step up and play better. And I think that means nothing but good things for uh, you know, a team that already has a dynamic offense and I think can play with anyone in the AFC and potentially the better teams in the NFC as well. Andrew, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they seem to kind of have righted the ship here a little bit, and they're starting to play more Steeler football like we anticipated, but they're still doing it without top running back Le'Veon Bell. Do you now think that he will even play a down this season or not? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, I, I, it was like two or three weeks ago, you were looking at Connor and you were sort of like, well, you know, he, he's not quite, you know, he's been a little inconsistent. He's not quite as good as Le'Veon Bell. Well, now you're looking at James Connor, 146 yards last week, two touchdowns. And then, you know, just because five catches out of six targets for 66 yards. I mean, it feels very much like he can kind of do everything Le'Veon Bell can. Now, Le'Veon Bell, to me, is, a, is still a, a next-level better player, but Connor has shown that he can be very, very productive. So, you know, here's the thing. This has not gone well for Le'Veon Bell, not necessarily because of anything he's done, period, but so much so that he left the door open for Connor to step up and basically take his job. And as much as, you know, not a lot of teams will let some guy Wally Pip, another guy, um, it looks very much like he did. So, 
what's what's the impetus to push Bell to come in anymore, and what's the impetus for Bell to show up and you know not get any carries? So I, I don't know. I, I think I think you may be onto something. I, I it's hard for me to think that Le'Veon Bell goes an entire season without carrying the rock at least once, or in you know or gets the lead back job again. But the way that Connor's playing right now. The Steelers have no reason to force themselves to bring him in, and so I think you may be right. He may not carry the ball at all this season. Um, he's got to activate at some point, so he's got to be around because he needs to get this year to accrue so that he could be a free agent and whatnot. But that doesn't mean that they have to use him, and and you know, and that does nothing but hurt his value. And uh, and you know, this kind of has gone all sideways for him, but. The Steelers, like you said, getting back to playing Steelers football, and James Conner is a huge uh, portion of why they do that. You know, the AFC playoff picture, very interesting. And after the Chargers, who do you like for the, the second wild card spot out there? Yeah, that's a really good question because it is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, it, it does feel like there's a bit of a, of a break between the really good teams and the okay teams that may get in there. Um, yeah, it, I I have a hard time buying into the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I will I will be honest about that. However, they've played for the most part consistently well. I mean, Andy Dalton is still someone I don't necessarily trust, but AJ Green now he is in a walking boot right now, so that is a concern. But he's been playing very well. Uh, the defense has uh, not been consistent, but has played overall very well. Um, to me, that extra wild card is either Cincinnati or Baltimore, and I feel like it kind of depends on whether Cincinnati can can sort of maintain what they've been able to do so far. Uh, Baltimore, the biggest problem for them right now, um, now that they seem to have the offense going, is the fact that they're one and two in the division. So they've got to pick up some division wins right now. Cincinnati's only played two division games, uh, so that will factor in a little bit, but I feel like Baltimore's got an exceptional defense and a pretty decent offense. And Cincinnati, while not, you know, is kind of jack of all tra- trades, master of none. They've played pretty good football. They don't do anything better than everyone else in the league, but they play well enough to be in every game, and that gives them an opportunity to win. So I think it's going to be either Cincinnati or Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, my bias it leans towards Baltimore, but I wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati was the second wild card here. All right, then who do you like? Uh, in fact, earlier today, I was going through the schedules of the NFC North and Bears, Vikings, Packers, maybe even the Lions, though, disappointing effort against Seattle. What else? Uh, how, how do you like this race to shape up? Who's your favorite? Wow, I mean, at this point, how is it, how is it possible for anyone to really be doing anything but, like, kind of clapping as Chicago you know, hums along right now? Uh, you know, they have... Pretty much, they and Minnesota both have a lot of division games to go. But, I mean, Chicago's at the top of that division. I don't even know how that happened. Like, I'm, I'm not even really sure what I'm witnessing right now. But hmm. I love the defense that they have there. They'll get Khalil Mack back soon. Um, and even without him, that defense is still really, really good. So if they can keep just letting Mitch Trubisky step a little bit farther down the road, you know, in terms of his development each week, you know, open the playbook a little bit more, let him do a few more things. I think, I think, I think uh, Chicago could be uh, a very solid wild card team. I don't really expect them to win the division, but then again, I didn't expect them to compete for the division, and yet here we are. So, 
Uh, I like them quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, Washington or Philadelphia coming out of the NFC East, I still feel like we haven't seen the best Philadelphia has to offer on a consistent basis. Um, and I feel like Washington kind of snuck up on everybody. Uh, they've been playing decent offensive football and been doing pretty good defensively. So I feel like any of those three teams could end up in those two wild card spots. Um, and, of course, you know, that's not even bringing up Carolina and, and Seattle. But I just, you know, with them, I feel like there are enough flaws on both of those teams to where Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington have just a little bit more going on than those two. And uh, <laughs> I bring up Detroit just a little bit ago from Adam Schefter, not the real Adam Schefter, not a fake one. You always have to be careful about that on Twitter. <laughs> Detroit is trading Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round pick. Sure, this is going to lead to a little bit of work for you, but at first blush, the Eagles, they're not standing pat even looking up at the Redskins. No, and, you know, this is this is what we learned about the Eagles' front office and coaching staff last year, which is they're, you know, they're trying to play the long game. You know, and, and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar have been pretty good this year, but they're not leaving anything to chance. And, you know, and, and both of those guys have had some injury issues. And Golden Tate, well... His best years seemed to be a little bit behind him. He was sort of wasting away in Detroit, you know, especially with Galladay there. And I would say this is a good move. Uh, it, it wasn't terribly expensive. Third-round pick is a, is a nice chunk of change for Detroit, but you know, nothing, nothing that's going to change the game necessarily. And Philadelphia adds another, another weapon for Carson Wentz. I think that's good. And, you know, again, this is, this is what the Eagles do. Now, this is the new world we live in where the Eagles aggressively go after things that will help them, um, you know, stay relevant and make another run. So I, I like this acquisition. I think Tate could fit there pretty well and, you know, give him a couple weeks to figure out the offense. And I think his, his size and his uh, route running ability and just his leaping ability will fit in really well with Carson Wentz. Gonna be fun. Uh, trade deadline continues. Keeping an eye on it. Andrew, we'll let you get back to your real work now, and and uh, we'll do our thing over here. Thank you so much, as always, for your time. No problem, guys. Have a good one. That's Andrew Garda joining us from Pro Football Weekly. A look around the NFL trade deadline mentioned just a little while ago. Another one. Another one happens. It's uh, Golden Tate moving on, and uh, nice wide receiver. Elshon Jeffries been banged up this year, but helping Carson Wentz like what they're doing. And and really like it because, as I told you, if you're listening earlier today, and you should have been, myself and Ken Miller every day before Jimmy B and TC from 11 until 1, I told you a couple weeks ago, I took a fire at the Philadelphia Eagles to win the whole thing at 25 to 1. Hey, I, I think the value is right there. Feeling good. Feeling good. We got more to get to into this evening. The college football playoff. We will get to see the first batch of rankings. Do they mean anything? Well, we know they don't mean anything, and we'll see if we can uh, reel Jimmy B in from where our conversation went earlier today. Boy, his uh, his Buffalo roots, they run deep. We'll get into that on the other side. Putting a cap on things, Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 The Champ. Back with you one final time, Jimmy B and TC on 1700 The Champ. All right, Princeton. So yeah. the beginning of the program was a train wreck today because all you care about, you care nothing about your Buffalo Bills and your time back there. All you care about is these devices of ladies. I mean, what what's going on in your old brain, Jim, that this is where your mind continues to go? 
Why so much so much talk about well, you know what? <laughs> it was disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful on a city that is known for lots of things, including great food, and we're talking about Buffalo, New York, and they're throwing those devices out onto the field. I, I, I was stunned, Trent. I just could not believe how horrendous that looked on a night where they retired the great Thurman Munson's jer jersey, and... Did I say Thurman Munson? Thurman Munson? Thurman, Thur Thurman Thomas. Wow, my gosh. Thurman Thomas, pardon me. God rest Thurman Munson's soul. Thurman Thomas, number 34. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, and it wasn't just one. They were flying out of the stands. Who in their right mind takes a dildo to a football game? I don't know if I know anybody who's ever done that. Do you? Have you ever done that? No, I never have, and ne nor do I plan on doing it, Jim. But yeah, this has been. This isn't the first time this has happened. This is becoming a thing. Now, th this is. Did you think this was the first time this happened? No, I I I saw that it happened at, at others. But why would you do it in Buffalo on the night that they are retiring Thurman Thomas's number? It has and, nothing. And putting it, him. It has nothing to do with, with Buffalo and saying, I don't know, we're the dildo capital of the world. That's not what it is. They're throwing at the Patriots. That's what it is, Jimmy B. I know what it is, but that's so tasteless. Well, that's yeah. tasteless. That's terrible. That just puts a bad light on your city. What well, really? On your city. Really, and it's a really? great city. No, it goes to show you how stupid fans are. Absolutely stupid for doing something like that. First off, Trent, you don't throw things on the field. Right. You don't. You don't do that. You never know. Look, what if a player took a dildo in the eye? I'm just saying that that could have been a possibility. All right? And it, and it pokes his eye out. It, it pokes his eye out. Stop. Okay? Stop. I'm, just, I'm saying he doesn't have a helmet on. He's on the sidelines. And all of a sudden, whoop, there it is. Oh, what if he takes I'm telling, I'm telling you, I had never been so ashamed of Buffalo Bills fans in my entire life. I, I'm serious. Oh, that man. was awful. That's awful. I got a kick out of it. It's funny. I mean, yeah. No, it's not you funny. Throw, you it's, throw it's, a whiskey bottle out there. All right, that's a little much. No, you don't do that either. It's, you don't throw stuff on the field. It's Look, rubber. I know. <laughs> it's rubber. I mean, come on. And you're throwing it at I the would, Patriots. I would know. Maybe you know better than I. All I'm saying is, is that was despicable. It, it Just really despicable. No. It was. Yes. You're taking this was. way too far. It's no, just, it's fun. Buff, it's Buffalo, funny. Buffalo's, Buffalo's new nickname, the Dildo City. Come visit beautiful western New York. We're famous as the Dildo City. Well, do you think people are really going to Buffalo in general? I mean, come on, Jim. Let's be honest. Let, let's be <laughs> honest here. Do you think people, I, I don't think, I'm going to guess that they don't have a whole yeah. lot of revenue that comes in. People going to visit. Oh, they do. They do because everybody wants to see Niagara Falls. Okay, all right, but let, which is let's 20, be real 20 here. minutes away from so downtown. So th this is going yeah. to this is going to take away from it. 
Now families are going to say, you know, I can't go to Niagara Falls because the Bills fans throw dildos at the there might be dil- There might be dildos floating oh in the uh, Niagara River. Can we stop Look, saying that the- word? It is so weird. I feel so uncomfortable even saying it. Jeez, Jimmy. I do, too. I'm so uncomfortable watching them fly out of the stands. See, that's funny. That part's I'm fine with. Well, because I'm not there. Oh. Yeah, you're not there. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely not. So, what a day. What a day. Well, there. Uh, well, I would assume there won't be any dildos flying in, but Buffalo is in action tonight, Jimmy B. The Buffalo Bulls will be playing yes. tonight as we get action uh, started. They get Miami of Ohio coming into UB Stadium. Tell me about that, Butte. How many does that hold? Uh, that stadium holds about 30,000. 30,000? Good yeah. God. Uh-huh. They don't fill yeah. it, do they? No. Oh, okay. No. No, it's pretty much a Buffalo Bills town, and that's about it. Even even when the UB Bulls are good, which they are, yeah. and even when they have a star attraction like Khalil Mack, who played for the UB Bulls, they still don't have that kind of traction. Now, they might draw because, it, it, depending on weather, um... They might draw 15,000, 16,000 tonight, and that's a good crowd for them, but it's, it's just not the same. But plus the fact the stadium was packed last night, so you had 70,000 people trying now to recuperate and probably won't be going out much tonight. Built in 1993, official capacity 25,013. Capacity last year, 46%. Uh, not a whole lot of Bulls fans no, out there, but... Yeah. If you're looking for action, because that is the better of the two games. The other Mac game on tonight, Jimmy B. Get a load of this: Kent okay. State Bowling Green. Two programs that have had some success throughout the years. Urban Meyer, of course, of Bowling Green. Kent State has had some nice teams. Had the elite eight run in basketball, but we're talking football. A combined two and fourteen, one and seven for each of these squads. Ooh. Didn't Bowling Green fire their coach like? Two or three weeks ago, I think they did. They did, and it's one of my favorite stories ever. So, uh, their athletic director literally had no connection to the guy that they hired. The guy they hired had no connection to Ohio, but he knew they played good football in Texas, so he hired a high school coach from Texas. <laughs> Have you ever heard of anything so stupid? I mean, I've just never absolutely. heard of anything. That's terrible. That guy was running the athletic department. Even if, if it is was the back, come on. Wasn't uh, wasn't uh, Dino Babers from Bowling Green, and then he took the Syracuse yeah. job, yes. and now they're a bowl team? They are. Wow. Yeah, Dino Babers. Wow. And, uh, you know, as we talked about at the top, the, the continued conversation about Matt Campbell and job oh, openings yeah. and the Browns and his name continues to be bandied about there. If Ohio State comes open, you know, I mentioned earlier today some different angles that are out there. But, you know, Jim, the one thing that, that you do wonder if there are openings, Dino Babers, Syracuse, this is their first time ranked since 2001. And they were really mm-hmm. good throughout the 80s and 90s, and I remember them and Donovan McNabb and, and McPherson's teams that they had. They had some really good teams. But to do that at Syracuse, to do it in upstate New York, and I guess we're, we're exclusively an upstate New York conversation now, going from Buffalo to Buffalo to now <laughs> Syracuse. But, you know, Jim, I, I wonder if that's a guy, he runs a fun style of offense, fun to watch, if he's going to be a name that that starts to come into those conversations if some big jobs do come open. You know, um, that was critically panned when he took that job and then Syracuse was so bad the first couple of seasons. But he's kind of like a Matt Campbell. 
he's a, a, a program turnaround kind of guy, and he runs an exciting offense. He's able to bring in kids that have talent, and he's he's very similar to the way Matt Campbell runs his program uh, at Syracuse. And you might be right. I mean, if you're going to dip into the college ranks, I have a feeling, too, Trent, that his name is probably going to surface. Jim, let's get out of here tonight. College football playoff. Any surprises? What are you looking forward to? You know, it seems pretty clear-cut. We know, I think, what the top four is going to look like. Of course, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, maybe in some order. Maybe Michigan's in there. But really, I I think the biggest question for me, where's Central Florida? Where do they sit? And then that next tier of one-loss team, Kentucky, West Virginia, Washington State, kind of where they fit in. Those are my biggest questions. What do you got? I'm with you the same way. I want to see where Michigan is. I think it might be kind of like a a toss-up with Michigan and LSU maybe for that number four spot. Um, And Oklahoma is going to be right there as well. But I'm I'm with you. Look, Central Florida's got some talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team that is undefeated now for two years running. Two years undefeated. 13-0 last year, and they beat Auburn in a big bowl game as well. A powerhouse SEC team, and Auburn beat Alabama last year. So they're going to have to take a look at that, Trent. They really are, especially if Central Florida continues to have success. And if Notre Dame wins out, look, if you have three teams right now, and those are the three teams that we believe will be in the Final Four, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. That's one spot left. One spot. That means that two Power Five conferences are going to be left out. Not just one, but two this time around. So that's it's going to be very, very interesting. We know that this coming weekend, Alabama and LSU will separate each other. Something is going to take place there. But because they play each other, mm-hmm. but this is this is going to be extremely interesting to see where the Oklahomas are. I like Washington State going to Stanford, winning on the road in a very difficult environment against a quality team. If, if Mike Leach has success and he can beat Washington again in the Apple Cup. Who knows where the Washington State Cougars might end up? But then once again, Trent. What's it going to come down to if you already have three spots that have been taken? Well, that's what's on tap for tonight. A lot to keep an eye on. Jimmy B, we're out of here. Back at it here in a couple of hours. we got Tiki and Tierney coming up next. CBS Sports Radio giving you the national perspective. And then back to local from 4 until 6 on your drive home. With the drive, myself and Wolfgang will get you home. We'll be live from G-Migs today. The Hawkeye Huddle starts at 5 o'clock. Before that, 4 o'clock, the drive with me and Wolfgang. Stop on by, have a cold one, and some great food at G-Migs from 4 until 6. All here on 1700 The Champ.